Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and it's Saturday show, which means I'm here with Sarah, kind of, sort of. Hey, Sarah. Hi, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of, because you're on the right coast and I'm on the left coast. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> and I will tell you, I, I enjoy traveling. Like I enjoy being in different parts of the country and different parts of the world, but um, I had a really difficult transition to California this time. And I think you were like the first person that I called about it Yeah, a million days ago, but it was like three days ago. So for everybody listening, we are recording this a couple weeks before it airs. Um, but I got out to California for a conference and the guy hosting the conference posts on his Instagram story, a picture of ash falling from the sky, like, like snowflakes right? And I know he lives very close to the hotel that I was staying at. And he was posting that picture because the LA wildfires, the Getty fire was so close to his house. And before I came out here, I remember thinking, fire-wise, we're good because they're in Northern California. But the first night that I was here, there was the LA Getty wildfire, which for everybody listening who lives in gosh, well, anywhere impacted by fires, but especially in the California area with the fires, like I just have to give you so much like admiration because the, I'm not, I'm not used to that at all. You know, like that was so foreign to me. I looked out my hotel window and saw smoke and being new to the area, I was like, how do you even get information on this? Like on who needs to move and who doesn't and, and the direction of the fire and all of that. And fortunately, I have a few Masters Club members who live in California. And unfortunately, um, several of them have been personally impacted by the fires. And so, you know, they, they taught me about reverse 911 calls and they taught me about, you know, where to go to track the winds and the spread of the fire and whatnot. But honest to God, I can't even imagine that being a reality in my life on a regular basis. It's terrifying. I know. I've been looking at the photos and such too. It is so, so sad. And the photos are horrifying. Yes. Like it's almost, it's almost hard to believe. It seems like it's out of a movie. And I realized you know, being on, on, I joke and call it the right coast, but being on the, being from the East coast and, and hearing about the fires and even talking to a lot of my friends and a lot of my clients who have been impacted by them. There's, there's such a distance though. You can't really understand it. I mean, we understand like blizzards and, and hurricanes, you know, like that's, <laughs> we, we can understand the impact of that, but it's really hard to understand just how 
real and scary and dangerous it is. And now I'm just on a rant, but yeah, that was like my uh, baptism quite literally by fire into this California trip. And I called Sarah and I was like, okay, so, um, there's fire just like a couple miles away and I see smoke out of my window and, uh, I'm, well, by the time this airs, I guess I'll be over closer to seven and a half months pregnant, which is just terrifying to say. Um, but it was super freaky. Yeah. That's definitely so scary. Yeah. So mad love to anybody who is just living through that right now. And of course, to anybody who is, um, supporting the efforts to, to control the fires or anybody who loves somebody who is supporting those efforts. Like, whew, man, can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. So anyway, enough about that. A couple of things here that are creeping up on us so fast. One of which is the holidays. Crazy, crazy. Um, we are doing a totally free challenge. One of the questions I get a lot, and I think Sarah, you hear it a lot too, is about uh, how to change your mindset and how to get yourself out of a funk. And we also get a lot of questions about journaling. So we're going to be doing a totally free challenge the week of Thanksgiving. It's going to start the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which I think is 1124. And it's going to be daily questions and journal prompts to help you create more momentum, create more peace, create more ease in your life. Whether the holidays are stressful for you or not, these are going to be journaling prompts and questions that you can use at any point in your life. It's totally free and there are two ways to participate in that challenge. The first is you could be on the wait list for the winter 2020 12 weeks to transformation and that link will be in the show notes. Or you can get on our Primal Potential Facebook page or really in our Primal Potential Facebook group. Both of those links will be in the show notes. So you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash 682 to get either one of those links. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that challenge because I know for me, the holidays can just be a whirlwind and it's easy to, I used to be somebody who would kind of zone out around Halloween and then wake back up around the first of the year and feel like I made a good like eight to 10 weeks worth of excuses and exceptions. And then I felt like crap, right? Like, have you ever done that? Oh, every year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think this will just be a good way to increase awareness and be more present and more peaceful and more mindful. And these are prompts that you could repeat every week. You could repeat them when things are challenging or tough. Um, but I'm excited about that. So hopefully we'll get a lot of people to um, take part. That sounds fun. I know. I'm excited about it. And kind of along the, the holiday lines, today's winner, who we'll announce at the end of the show, is going to get a bottle of digestive enzymes, which I think is just very timely for the holidays. Yes, I'd agree. Yes. And you guys can enter to win. It's so easy to win, guys. We give something away every single Saturday. And all you have to do to be eligible to win is leave a review of this podcast in Apple Podcasts or leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or share something from this podcast and tag me on Facebook or Instagram. That's it. So with that, why don't we dive into these questions we've got? Can I also just add to that? Please. 
I just want to remind people to listen on Saturdays in upcoming weeks because we've had um, several people who haven't responded. Um, and then the people that do respond and win the prizes, they're so excited. So I would yeah. love for you to be able to claim your prize. So definitely tune in. Um, yeah, and you have 60 days to claim exactly. your prize. Exactly. Which yeah. is so much time. So just listen to the end, you know? Listen all the way to the end because we got yeah. some good prizes. But you know what? If 60 days goes by and they don't claim it, it means we get it. That's true. And I think there's still some chocolate on the table. So there is, I know the four sigmatic chocolates. All right. Let's get to that first question. Okay. I am at the point where I want to make some career changes. I'm currently studying to get my real estate license and I will be working with a great team once I'm licensed. The company that I currently work for is not supportive of anything I do outside lab hours and they are not flexible to allow me to spend time on real estate. My goal is to be self-employed, although I feel the transition is not going to be easy with my current job. Are you still involved with real estate? I would like to hear more about your story of how you started your own businesses and transitioned to being self-employed. I love talking about this, and I, I bet you do too, because you've made this transition as well. Yes. And I know, because you and I had many conversations about it, it was super challenging for you and scary and uncertain and all of those things. And so unlike me, I like being safe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me, um, I didn't expect it to be easy. And I also had zero expectation that my employer would be in any way supportive because they weren't. And I understand why, right? They want what I'm giving to them and anything that can take away from that, they're either like going to discourage it or they're going to dismiss it. And sure, there are some rare unicorns out there who are really supportive of, of what you do outside of that. But I know I didn't have any expectations that my, of my employer to be like, yeah, sure, transition to part-time and build your dream so that you can ultimately leave completely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love this question. And uh, as to their specific thing, am I still involved with real estate? Yes, but I wouldn't say that I classify it as, as a business. For me, it is another stream of income and I'm always working to diversify. So um, I basically have two rental properties um, and, and that includes one that's on the property on which I live uh, and then another one that's out of state. Um, and there are a couple others that I've had and then sold. Um, so I don't consider that a business. However, I do read about and look at real estate every single day, seven days a week. Cause I, I'm always looking for new opportunities. How I started primal potential and transition to being self-employed began with getting out of debt. That was the biggest thing because that security drive that you just mentioned, Sarah, really was about money. Is that what it is for you? Because some people just like knowing that somebody else has things handled, but I find that for most people, no matter what it is, it boils down to dollars. Yeah, money is definitely a huge piece, but also just um, learning that I, I, I have to produce yeah. everything and, and right. then feeling that responsibility. Yeah, it's all on you, which I think too comes down to money, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be responsible for making all the money. And I knew that 
I wouldn't feel as secure as I could if I had debt, right? Because if I had, let's say, uh, between a car payment and a credit card payment and a student loan payment, I had $1,000 a month that had to go to debt. Well, that was $1,000 a month more that I had to generate out of the gate to avoid being in the negative. So the most important thing that I did was get out of debt. And we've, we've done a number of, re, of, of episodes on that. And the resource that I used was uh, Dave Ramsey's book, which you can get from the library, Total Money Makeover, um, or Financial Peace, or, or any of those. They're all, they all teach the same philosophy. Um, but that was the biggest thing because then I knew that really I just had to feed myself, you know, and, and keep a roof over my head. And the financial burden was way less with no debt. Um, that was the biggest thing. The other thing that was really important to me was to build it without taking on any debt, which is not, I think, a typical path for business owners. They put things on credit cards or maybe they, they get a loan. And for certain types of business, you have to, right? I mean, unless you have like bukus and bukus of cash, but I wanted to start the kind of business that I could bootstrap or, you know, pay as I go and not ever do anything with anything other than cash. So that made it really possible for me. I did not overlap primal potential and my last career because legally I couldn't. Um, I also think ethically it would have been a real challenge. You know, I'm not going to be somebody who's working on primal potential, um, you know, in the downtime at my other job. I just, I wouldn't feel like that was fair to my, to my previous employer. Um, but I had a non-compete. So I could not, and I worked in the nutrition space. So I didn't feel comfortable doing anything for a new business while I had that. And even monetizing in any way for six months after I left. So getting that blank slate was, was really important from a debt perspective. But I would say, number one, don't have any expectation of your current employer that they're going to, you know, be flexible with you or supportive of you. If they are, amazing. But their responsibility is their company, not your company, you know, and have a lot of clarity about what you want to do, how you want to do it, who you want to serve. Lack of clarity is very expensive. It costs a lot of time to not be clear on what you want to do and who you want to serve. And you end up spending a lot more money because you, because you don't have that clarity. But I just started really slow. I bootstrapped it and built it as I went. And that's, that's how I continue to do business. Primal Potential has never taken on debt. Um, it is completely debt free and, and I, and I only see it remaining that way. But, um, yeah, get out of debt, have some cash reserves, know what you want to do and make it happen. Real estate makes it kind of easy to, to have something in the weekends or the evenings. Um, for sure. I mean, that's what my boyfriend does. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on that. All right. This next person says, EB, I miss your workouts. I love at the end of your episodes. My question is, what kind of workouts can we do where we have some flexibility to chat? 
Well, the reason the workouts I love stopped is because I don't really work out that much during pregnancy. I really don't. I try to be active and I try to move and I've done a little bit of CrossFit and um, more spin and cycling than CrossFit, but not even really much of either of those recently. Um, I did... I, for some reason, when I'm in a hotel, I, I love doing 100 burpees for time, which of course are modified in pregnancy to not touch the floor on the down portion of the burpee. So um, my workout life just isn't that exciting. I, I'm trying to move. I do some stuff with free weights. I'll do some kettlebell swings here and there. Um, but I'm just focusing more on like movement and sleep and work. Um, and also cause I just got bored. I mean, the workouts I love stopped long before I got pregnant just cause I was kind of bored, um, of sharing that. But as far as the question, what kind of workouts can you do where you have some flexibility to chat? Easy ones, right? <laughs> like, um, cause there's, <laughs> those are my favorite, <laughs> but like, you're a great example. You love to walk. Yes. You know? So gather, even if it's one friend, even if it's somebody in your family, go for a walk. Um, but realistically, I think you'll be hard pressed to find a group of people who want to like chit chat in the gym in large part because time is so short and so precious. And there was a little bit more context to this question where she was like, I do this kind of circuit thing, but we have to count reps. So then it makes it hard to chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? like, so that's why I feel like stuff within a gym is probably not going to be super conducive to chatting. Um, but that's where you could, you know, go, go for a walk with some people, go for a bike ride um, with somebody. But uh, I'm not going to chat with anybody in the gym. That's for sure. I was just thinking about that. I actually prefer not chatting for the most part. Yeah, to get in and get out. But there are people who want it to be more social. And I think mm -hmm. mostly that's either going to be outside of a gym or like what I find in CrossFit is we're social before and we're social after. And then during the workout, we're working, mm -hmm. you know? So that's been my experience um, that I think if you're in a more formal gym setting, really use the time before to connect, use the time after connect, maybe go out for coffee afterwards, maybe go for a walk afterwards. But if you're really looking for it to be a social experience, I would say keep it outside of the gym. How did you find your mentor? This is such an interesting question um, because I could answer it in so many ways. Like my first thought was, my mentors are the books I read, but I don't have like a, like a human being mentor like that I, you know, talk to on the phone or have coffee with or anything like that. I do feel mentored regularly by friends that I have and books that I read. I have a coach, a business coach, um, and I found him through just like following other business leaders on social media. And, and through one, I got connected to the guy who, who is presently my coach. Um, and then there's a guy who leads my mastermind, but he's a facilitator. Um, he's not, he's, I wouldn't call him a mentor other than the way that I see like my friends being mentors. Um, so 
Sarah will routinely be in the office and I'll, I'll be exchanging voice notes with, with somebody that I is like a colleague um, or, or something like that. And, and I think that bringing challenges or bringing goals to other people puts you in a position where they can provide feedback in the form of a mentor, which I think is really powerful. But if I had to isolate this to one single thing, I would say it really is the books that I read that mentor and guide me more than anything. Do you, do you feel that way about books when you read like that, that has like a mentor kind of role? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I go back to them like an old friend like, and repeatedly yeah. open them back up and review notes. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm the same way. And I, that's the beautiful thing about books or podcasts or anything like that. We all have access right at our fingertips to experience, to wisdom, to strategy. And it's a really, really great thing. But I also try to be very intentional. It's something I can always do better at. But I try to be intentional about building relationships with people who are doing cool things with their lives so that I have resources of people who are, who are creative and energetic and innovative and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I would put a lot of my, my friends and colleagues in that in that basket. Definitely. Do you only coach people on weight loss and is the 12 weeks to transformation only about weight loss? I'm very happy this came up. Mm -hmm. The 12 weeks to transformation is not about weight loss at all. So it's not, is it only about weight loss? It's not about weight loss. Um, And so that kind of answers the first question. Do I only coach people about weight loss? No, because here's, here's what I have found. It's not about the freaking food, right? And also, as with all of us, if we do something for a long time, either it doesn't really ignite us anymore, it doesn't excite us anymore, or we realize that there's something more important there that we should be spending our time doing. And kind of both things happened with me and my work. And this transition happened a few years ago um, that the, the, the weight loss focus kind of um, left the building. The 12 weeks to transformation is about changing your life. And there are tools that we introduce, that we practice with, that we refine, that are applicable to any change. And Sarah, you can speak to this as well, because what we see as people go through the 12 weeks to transformation, some people did come in for food type stuff or weight type stuff. But a lot of people didn't. A lot of people came in because like one of the earlier questions, they want to transform their career. They want to transform their mindset. They want to transform their finances or their relationships. And even the people who came in for one of those things are every single day applying these tools to other areas. They're applying them to parenting. They're applying them to conflict at work. And, and it's really a powerful thing. You you see that, yeah, Sarah? Oh yeah, I see it all the time. I was just thinking about. Um, I think the most common email I get or see is about people saying how it's applying to their children and yeah. and their relationship with them and how they react to them or how their kids are 
are taking some of these tools and kind of reiterating back to their parents now. I know, which is so exciting. I know. It's so cool. It really is. And it always makes me think like, I wish I knew those things when I was seven or when I was eight. But these tools that help us create change, they're about changing our minds. And when we change our minds, it changes everything. So if you want that to be applied to your food choices, it is. If you want that to be applied to your relationships, it is. Once we change our mind, it's not, it's not contained and limited to a particular area of your life. It touches absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Me too. At 55 and no career to speak of, can I still make something of myself or find my purpose? Yes. Of course, at 95, right? And here's the other thing. I totally understand what somebody means when they say, like, can I make something of myself? But I also feel very strongly that it kind of implies that we aren't anything significant now and we have to become something else. And I just don't think that's true. Even if you have had no career for the last 50 years, that doesn't mean that you haven't made anything of yourself. Because who you are and the relationships you have and the lessons that you've learned is significant. No matter what your external achievements have been, I don't think anybody is in a position where they can say they haven't made anything of themselves. Maybe you haven't reached some financial or career milestone or some health milestone, but you haven't not made something of yourself, you know? On the other kind of side of the question about the age piece of it, Colonel Sanders, who started KFC, didn't even get started in business until he was in his 70s. Didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, he had done all sorts of other things, but he didn't begin with, and he hadn't created much like financial success, but he didn't begin with this chicken empire until he was in his seventies. And I think Ray Kroc of McDonald's was in, if not his fifties, his late forties. And I've seen, I don't know if you've ever seen these things on Facebook, Sarah, but like I've seen a handful of stories of like a a 95-year-old woman who started running when she was like 89 and now she's doing triathlons or like a, a guy similarly who started weightlifting when he was like 87 or 92 and now he's, you know, like super strong and super healthy and super fit. So 55 is freaking young. You know, there are so many authors who didn't write their first book until they were in their 60s or their 70s. So leave your age out of it and focus on what do I want and what am I going to do about it? It is never too late, ever. These questions kind of make me, they don't make me sad, but I just wish that I could like look this person in the eye and be like, you've created a narrative that is limiting the hell out of your life. And I want you to drop it right now. Mm -hmm. You know, think about how many people who start a totally new chapter after they retire at 72, you know, like 55 is young. 
You've got a whole other lifetime. A whole lifetime. The fact that you have had no career to speak of so far, who cares? That doesn't have anything to do with it. Because so many people at that phase of life are making total changes anyway that don't hinge on what they've done for the last 30 years. So, so it doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're seven or whether you're 97, you can make something of yourself, though you already are something significant, and you can find your purpose. And here's the deal. You're going to find it again and again and again and again because it's probably going to change. It's definitely true. Yeah. All right. This last question says, oftentimes after I eat, I just don't feel satisfied. I know that I've fueled my body in a good way because I feel energized and not hungry, but I just don't feel satisfied, if that makes any sense. And I desire other foods that cause me to stray from my plan. Any thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I've experienced this before. I think, I think most of us have, right? I mean, Sarah, have you ever like finished your meal and just felt like I want something, I want something else? Like yep. I, I'm not satisfied? Yes. Yeah. Like uh, probably on a regular basis, mm -hmm. like, you know, if not weekly, certainly monthly. Um, and to me, this comes down to physical satisfaction versus psychological or emotional satisfaction, right? Oftentimes we will fill our body from a, from a physiology standpoint, fuel check, right? But we don't have that emotional or that psychological satisfaction for any number of a few reasons. So one of those could be you weren't paying attention. I noticed this when I would eat something that I really enjoyed, even if that was like a, you know, like a cauliflower burrito bowl and it was like so yummy and so good. And then I'm like, oh, it's gone. I wish I had more. Like, or you look at the last bite and you're like, that's it? Just one more? You know? <laughs> and that's certainly not um, exclusive to to indulgent things like ice cream or cupcakes. I've experienced that with a really great steak. Like, oh man, there's only one bite left. And many times I wasn't present while I was eating. So if I had, to, the way that I would describe this is like, I feel like I missed it. You know, I wasn't there for it. And one of the things I helped, I did to, to help with this is really try to stop multitasking while I'm eating, especially if it's something that like it's, it's really, really tasty, you know, sometimes in the morning I'll be eating while I'm working. I try not to do that, but it's just a function of scheduling sometimes and, and, you know, pregnancy windows of when food feels okay. Um, but not being on my phone, not watching TV, which is something I used to do. I used to watch TV in the evenings when I would eat and then I'd want to keep eating and keep eating and keep eating because I had kind of missed it from a psychological satisfaction perspective. So not multitasking is a big thing. The other thing is, are you eating foods you love and foods you enjoy? Because let's say you have this like lame meal of chicken and broccoli and like, okay, yeah, I fueled my body really well, but all I want is a cupcake. You didn't get any psychological enjoyment from that because it wasn't foods you love. So this is why I always say it's so important to eat foods you love that love you back. Because if you are just white knuckling and eating things you think you should eat, but you don't really enjoy, or eating things that are convenient, but you don't really enjoy, you are checking the physical satisfaction box, but you're not going anywhere near that psychological or emotional satisfaction box. So put in the effort to make sure that you're really eating foods that you love. 
And then even when you do that, if it's delicious, sometimes you want more. That is okay. We don't have to respond to that. Like it's totally fine to finish a meal and be like, I, I could take a second. You know what I mean? Like uh, round two for the table, please. It's okay to desire that and not act on that because it's no different than than anything else. Like you you watch a great show on Netflix and it comes to the end of it and you feel this sense of like, ah, I want more. That's that's part of life. Like we can want more and we don't need to necessarily fix that. We can just feel that. And that's such a big picture lesson in life that we can feel things without having to do something about it. You know, we can feel stressed without needing to push the button of chocolate or wine or snapping at somebody. We can just feel the feeling without the constant need to act on it in some way. So those are my thoughts about that. Great reminder. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 normal to they bring out a dessert and you finish it and you're like, ah, I'm not hungry, but I really really want more. Of course, right? <laughs> it's it, it's no different than than like sex. That was really really good. Now it's over. <laughs> like, that's that's okay. You know, it's not the last time. <laughs> Hopefully, right? And food is the same way. Like, yes, I want more. Unfortunately, that wasn't my last meal. So later today or tomorrow or whatever it is. And I try to remind myself of that too when I have that sense, like, oh my gosh, I could totally do like twice as much of that. Well, fortunate for me, I'm going to eat again in another four or five or six hours. So like, it's not, there's not this sense of loss or this sense of deprivation because when it comes to the food piece, I know another meal is coming very soon. I get plenty of those. So there's really no true loss. Yeah. That's my thought on that. We've got a winner. We do. And today's winner is from Instagram and we will send you a bottle of digestive enzymes, which I personally take at every single meal. Um, I take two at every meal. And when I don't, I notice a, that I don't, have a bowel movement as quickly. Um, and B, I noticed that I'm more prone to being bloated. Although to be quite frank, it's a little bit hard to tell <laughs> when you're bloated, <laughs> when you're pregnant. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I'm gonna take that as a win. Um, <laughs> but I still do take the digestive enzymes at every meal, but a lot of people will just take it. Um, if they're eating out or if they're eating heavy or if they're traveling or if they feel constipated or an upset stomach or um, something like that. So today's winner is at Corey Mouse 2, at K-O-R-Y Mouse 2. Just email Sarah at primalpotential.com, S-A-R-A-H, within the next 60 days. And we will send you your bottle of digestive enzymes. And if you don't email us, we'll just use it for ourselves. <laughs> Open it up and keep it in the office for when we need it. Um, all right. So I know we've recorded a couple of episodes. So people have heard that this weekend is the opening of your store. Yes, it is. And I'm so excited. And I just sang. Did you hear that? I did. See? What? It's a mark of excitement. <laughs> yes. It is a mark is. of excitement. But here's, here's the thing. When this airs, that will have already happened. 
That's um, great. and I know that it'll be like this wild, huge success and, and be life changing. Thank you. What is, I'm going to ask you a different question then. Do you have a holiday tradition that you really love and get excited about? Hmm. Um, we don't really have any traditions other than my, my family's very close. Everyone is within about 20 miles of each other. So we generally all get together at my mom's and just kind of hang out. And I, I guess that's what I love the most. Um, but I love trying to incorporate some like just fun, goofy things, like whether that's a game or some kind of challenge or something. I just think it's really fun to be doing that kind of stuff with your family. You sound like you belong in my family. I know. That's why I want to come to like every family <laughs> event. Seriously. <laughs> we do some weird stuff, but we have fun. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, you'll get to meet the crazy zany bunch at my shower. I know. I oh am pumped. God. It's 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 quite a crew. But yeah, we do a lot of the silly stuff. I agree. I've been thinking about it a lot in terms of like what traditions I want for baby, even mm -hmm. though baby won't be here physically for, for these holidays. Um, one of the things that, that I want to do is have like a, a good things jar somewhere in like the family room or the kitchen or whatever, so that when we have meals together, which I know realistically just won't be every single day, but if it's, you know, five days a week that, we start the meal by like writing down and putting in something, something great that happened or like a really special moment, even if it was totally small. Right. Um, and, and reviewing those on like Thanksgiving, a, a year's worth of like great things. Um, I love that. I think that would be really, really cool. Definitely. And what a good practice to recognize those good things throughout the day or throughout the week or yearly. Yeah. And to share them with each other, right? Exactly. It's yeah. one thing to have your own gratitude practice, but I think it's, it's such a cool thing when you can, when you can share it with people. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been thinking about that. There's, there's nowhere to put anything right now, but once I have my house back, <laughs> yes. they are working right now. So that is it's amazing. in progress. Yes. I know. One of the first things I said, because we're on a different coast right now, I said to Sarah this morning, I was like, how's my house? <laughs> is <laughs> like, it standing? Arrived. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. All right, everybody have a wonderful day. Do not forget to get yourself signed up for our totally free challenge that starts the Sunday before U.S. Thanksgiving. I always forget to clarify that, um, which I think is November 24th. It is going to be free daily journaling prompts and questions to get your mind right so that you're more mindful, so that we don't just race through this season and wake up in January going, what the heck have I been doing for the last you know, couple of months? So there's two ways to participate in that. One is to join our Primal Potential Facebook group. The other is to get on the wait list for our winter 2020, 12 Weeks to Transformation. And those links will be in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 682. Everybody take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you 
you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.